1: Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting. Crime is rising. And Despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they cause. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. Each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org, and we can make a difference together. You were made to think big, too but tomorrow can be bigger.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is. And how big life in him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at GraceChurchVA.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message.
1: This is important. Jacob's service spoke for itself. You know, better to hear well done than well said. And Joe, Joseph, I'm sorry, not Joseph. Jacob here has uh, uh, really, really served with his whole heart. And he, he had learned a lesson. He didn't get here by deceit and trickery. He did the hard work. And a lot of folks just want someone to rub a blessing on him. But sometimes you, you got to just roll up your sleeves and just serve until you get to the breakthrough. And Laban said to him, watch this, please stay. Always do more than, than, than is required of you. Uh, and, and only then when you become irreplaceable. And, and actually he was able to write a blank check. Because he had done more than was asked. So when you go to the job, do you just do what's asked or do you do more than is asked? Do you look around the corner? Do you try to get ahead of things? Or are you constantly behind the eight ball? Jacob was promoted because he served with his whole heart. And uh, Laban, you know, recognized, let's keep going. He said, please stay. He says, now Laban is actually appealing to, to Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by, it says in the New King James Version, experience, but the other translations say divination. So this was not a good man here, uh, this Laban, that the Lord has blessed me, watch this, for your Sake. sometimes you're in other people's lives uh, to, to bless them. And sometimes it doesn't seem to be blessing you, but God's teaching you a lesson. But actually your presence and you submitting to the process brings a blessing to, to the other person. But what I want you to see here is even Laban, a man full of the devil, uh, knows the importance or knew the importance of, of good service. So how much more God here, so Laban the devil. So if you your boss is the devil, even the devil can recognize good service. Then he said, "Name your wages, or write your own check, and I will give it." Uh, most of us would have asked for a raise, but but Jacob uh, ha, has become his own man by this time. The school of Hard Knocks had taught him some things, and all he wanted was an opportunity. Let's skip to verse thirty-one. And Jacob said, "You shall not give me." anything. I like the independence of this guy. He's believing God. He's not believing in a man. If you will do this for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and the speckle amongst the goats. And these shall be my what? wages. So this man who once stole a birthright, once stole uh tried to steal his brother's uh blessing finally became a man of integrity. So, you know, uh here and the reason we see that is because Jacob selected um the the most obvious livestock to be his, so it would be obvious if, if he was stealing again. If the sheep did not belong to him, it would be obvious by looking at the sheep. It didn't, he didn't even require a brand. Uh, it was real, real clear. Uh, and also the speckled and the spotted and the streak were, uh, the smallest percentage in a, a near Eastern uh, uh, farm. So, uh, you know, when the his his flock grew, only God could could get the glory. And this is important. When you come out of the storm, you will not be the same person who walked into the storm. And that is what the storm is all about. So, if you're dealing with the crisis, you know, you you have a before and an after. And God is after the after, and He'll lead you into situations with labans and and various challenges because of what it's going to produce in you when you get to the other side. Skip to verse 34. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word, meaning you have a deal. And he was excited about it. But Laban, you know, he walked away again. This, this man does not have good character. Uh, he's shaking his head. He's like, man, Jacob is stupid. This guy doesn't know it, what, what, what he's doing. But when the Lord is on your side and it's your time, what can man do to you? Uh, Uncle Laban, though, still has some tricks, but let, let's keep going. Genesis 31 and 10 and it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I now uh, Jacob is the one speaking that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream so it's it's uh, mating season and God gives Jacob a dream and behold the rams which leaped upon the flocks that that's a polite way to say the rams that got busy uh, were streaked speckled and gray spotted so you know Laban thought that Jacob chose uh, all all the losers and, but, but really he selected the winners. Uh, But, you know, just looking on the outside of the things is, 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 you know, you got to stop that because God sees the heart. He sees the spirit of the thing. He sees inside a thing and everything is not always what it seems. Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream. Some say this was Jesus himself. Uh, So we see Jacob here has inside information. And, and I'll tell you, when you have inside information, you have an advantage. God had spoken to him and shown him something. Laban, who thought that he, you know, was schooling his nephew again, uh, was, was was actually trapped in, in his own schemes. And the angel uh, of God spoke to me in a dream. Um, and And he said what? Uh, What did Jacob say? Here I am. You see, you don't necessarily have to be smarter than the next guy or the the, the next guy. Just learn to be like Jacob and say, here I am. The greatest men in the Bible had this statement, here I am, Lord. Uh, Use me. Whether it was Moses, whether it was Paul, uh, here we see uh, Jacob. Uh, Also, uh, it was the case with Abraham. It's one of the greatest sentences you can make to God when he gives you direction. Here I am, Lord. I am your servant. I will Obey, and he lifted. Uh, oh, and he said, "Lift your eyes now and see all the rams." Um, now he's talking about the rams that are get, getting busy because he's using this language again, leaping on the flocks, and they're streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. So God secretly gave the streaked, speckled, and gray spotted rams a supernatural. Love potion. God still knows how to do it. He created sex and he knows how to work it. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. God sees what's going on. It's not happening to you because God doesn't see. God is sometimes trying to work something out in you. And if you learn your lesson though, God will move you on. There will come graduation. You will move on to the next level and you will move on far stronger and more blessed than you ever imagined, just like Jacob here. And then he says, God is speaking. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. God remembers our vows. He remembers our pledges. He remembers our commitment to him, his name and his word. And all that's about to happen is, is really captured in this last sentence. It was because Jacob made a pledge to actually tie the few chapters earlier. Let's go there uh, quickly and uh, then we'll begin to to, to, wrap up. Then Jacob verse 28 and verse 20 of Genesis. This is when Jacob made a vow. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that, I, that I may come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Now, for those of us that think, you know, tithing is legalistic and all that other stuff, um, God honored it uh, for, for his people even before the law. He studied the Bible a little bit more closely because the law of Moses didn't come to about 400 years after this particular event. Now, here's the deal. If you're looking for an excuse not to trust God, you're gonna always find one. But if you're looking for an opportunity to trust God or to go further with God, you'll also always find that. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a 10th to you. So basically he said, God, if you give me food, clothing, and get me home, you know, at the end of the day, you can always count on my tithe, my 10%. 10% is where we start, you know, that that's just the foundation. But ultimately, you know, we're going to work, and we're doing all the things we do, so we have enough uh, to give and and to get behind the kingdom of God uh, that that changes uh, people's lives eternally, uh, etc. But but now watch how God honors this commitment in Jacob's life. Genesis chapter thirty and verse thirty seven. Are you still with me? All right. Now Jacob took for himself, so he made this pledge to God, and because of this pledge or this vow or this commitment. God's about to finally, it took, you know, his wages being changed ten ten 10 times. It's probably, he's probably close to the 20th year of serving, um, uh, Laban. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot is going on here, but, but finally his time has come. And when your time comes, no one can stop you, but you don't want to be early. You don't want to be late when your time comes, step into it. Now, Jacob took for himself Roger green poplar and of the almond and of the chestnut, uh, trees. Peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rod. So he put spotted rods. It's a little hard to, to understand all this going on here, uh, but basically when he carved little notches into uh, the bark, the bark uh, in many of those plants was darker and the the meat of the um, wood it was was light or white. So you you, you saw this speckled uh, and spotted would, and a lot of folks, they were like, wow, this must have been some ancient, you know, uh, mating, uh, method that, that he, he used. No, God just has a way of choosing the foolishness of this world to put the shame the wise and and God just loves to do that. You know, we we think we're so smart and you know we, we're we're so on top of things, but God uses dumb things like lay hands on the sick and they recover. A hey, hand can't fix anybody, but it's the obedience that that causes God to do uh, what He He does. Just stop trying to figure everything out and learn to just trust Him. And the rods which He had peeled, He set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troves where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So basically, as the animals came to drink, that's typically where they would mate. And uh, he has these rods up, these spotted rods. So the animals, when they're doing their thing, they're looking at these, these rods. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Now listen, there was really no power in these peeled rods. The power was in Jacob releasing his faith and putting action alongside the angel's promise here. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flock's face toward the street and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. Now, just to summarize what just happened, he put these these rods in front of the animals when they made it. And as they beheld the rods... Uh, as they made it, even the, the animals that, that didn't have spots and speckles produced spotted and speckled offspring. And that speaks to we kind of become what we behold and what you keep looking at, you will eventually, uh, become, uh, like that. But, you know, what we see here also is in the past, uh, Jacob used his cunning for evil. But finally, after Jacob had gone through the process, God allowed him to use it for good. Jesus tells us we're to be wise as serpent. And as harmless as dove, as wise as serpents, as as uh cunning and, and as uh, uh, streetwise as serpents, then a serpent will sit there, lay back, wait for the perfect time, then strike. Uh, but also he says he wants us to be as innocent as doves. Now, many of us, you know, we're cunning and all the rest of it, but our motivation we gotta work on. But as harmless, as pure, and as innocent as as doves. And it came to pass. Whenever the stronger livestock stock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters. So he would see the best unspeckled, unspotted, uh, whether it's a sheep or a bull. And uh, when he would see them mating at the uh, uh, trough, he'd make sure that they were able to see the, these branches. And whenever they conceived, uh, the Bible says, uh, well, let, let me read it again. Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they may conceive among the rods. God promised, what I want you to see here, Jacob had to act to receive. You know, small steps are better than than great feats that are only planned. And Jacob was willing to take small steps. He was willing to do something that perhaps seemed silly. Uh, with Moses, he had to, li- he put a snake on a rod and lifted it up. And when the people looked at it, uh, they were healed. And I mean, what does a snake on a rod have to do with healing? Uh, likewise, uh, when the son of man is lifted up, he'll draw all men, uh, unto him. And, and we see that often again, God chooses ways that are not the world's ways to confound those that think they are wise. And this is the case again here. Verse 42. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. Uh, so the feebler were laborans. And the stronger Jacob. So basically he didn't uh the weaker cattle, he did not uh put the uh uh spotted wood uh up or the the, the spotted rods, if you will, up for them to to view. Uh but, but what I want you to see here is God was playing the backboards for Jacob. And if you would trust him during your process, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what lessons you need to learn. But sometimes we just can't go on till we learn the lesson. Now, we just went out because we went out. I can't blame you. I often went out. But the question is, have you learned the lesson? You do not go to, to, to the next grade unless you pass the test of the previous grade. And I know we all want to go on, but have you committed to the process? And are you learning the lesson? Are you only saying, God, why, why, why? Instead of, Lord, show me, teach me, instruct me. Or God, that's not fair. And I'm mad at you. Or, or God, you know, what's the thing I need to grab hold of and understand? And if you seek God for wisdom, the Bible promises us, he says, you know, if you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you without finding fault. He doesn't get upset about it. He doesn't begrudge you for asking. Actually, the Bible says he gives liberally to all who ask. So if you want to understand what's going on and learn your lesson, uh, just lean into God and he will give you the information uh, that that you need. But when when the time came and Jacob went through his process, pay attention. When he went through the process, if I start cooking, uh, you know, a, 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 a chicken uh, matter of fact, let's use a turkey because turkeys can be a little more dangerous. And, you know, even though the oven's the right temperature and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's 350, 450. My wife usually cooks the turkeys and all that. But uh, now just because it's hot doesn't mean it's done. It has to cook long enough to kill the poison in the turkey. I don't know if it's I don't know what you call the poison in the turkey, but you got to get it to a certain temperature for it to die. And likewise, in our lives in order for certain things that God wants to die, to die, it has to reach a certain temperature, not only reach the temperature, but reach that temperature for a certain period of time. And this was the case with Jacob. You you know how he started. This guy was, was a trickster, but God had to kill that in him and he had to keep him in the oven until he baked it out. But in the end, you see, in the end, it will speak and not lie. The process sometimes is difficult, but when you get to the end, boy, it is worth while. God was watching, and he he was, again, watching the boards for Jacob. And and if you trust him through the process, God God will will, will, will make sure that you rebound. God will turn it around. You will have a comeback. God still has a plan, but you have to go through that process and let him kill that bacteria, whatever that thing is in you that, in the end, would, would cause you great hurt and harm if he doesn't check it. So go through the process. But watch 40:43. 40, See, it's just like Job. We look at Job, God, how could you let that happen to Job? Well, in the end, Job received double for his trouble, uh, double the, the, the amount of wealth, and he lost his children. That was horrible. But he also had the same number of, of new children that were, were born to him. And I know some of the pain that we've gone through in life, it's like, Lord, how could you ever fix or, or replace that? God knows how to do it. Watch what he does. For Jacob, when Jacob again stays in the oven long enough, when when he, you know, God is the potter, we're the clay. He was willing to stay on that wheel long enough for God to mold him. And it's uncomfortable when, you know, someone's poking you and prodding you. And, and, and you know, and sometimes, you know, uh, he gets you a certain way and then he's not quite pleased. And maybe you did something funny or the, the integrity of the clay wasn't right. He balls you back up and, and just drops you back down on the wheel and pounds you a few times. It's like, man, how is this love? Well, God's working on something. And then he puts his thumb in there again. How many of thumb right in the middle of your life I mean that's some painful stuff but he's working he's working you he's working you working because he wants to build something beautiful and Jacob went through the process here and at the end of the process watch it verse 43 thus the man See, he's not a boy anymore I you know uh, Jacob you know he he, he he was a shyster of a kid he, he walked sideways but the man finally he became a man became exceedingly prosperous. God had to teach him how to handle prosperity or wealth and and success before he could step into uh, the success. And he had large flocks, female and male servants, uh, meaning he had a whole bunch of employees and camels and, and and donkeys, but all because Jacob made a pledge and he was willing to stick with the process. And, uh, some of you, you know, would just, you know, say, Lord, you know, fix this, fix this God's like, yeah, I hear you, but I want some skin in the game, make some commitments to me. You know, I am holy. And, you know, uh, I want to teach you also how to be holy and how to live up to commitments. You know, commit to me in this case with Jacob, commit to me your 10%. Watch what I do with the 90%. I'll stretch that. So it's like 110% or 150% because that's what God does. But you got to trust him to experience that. Thus, the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, employees and camels and donkeys. Camels were, you know, these, that was the, I mean, that was the, I don't know if Cadillac, yeah, that was the Cadillacs of that, that was the Mercedes of that time. That, that camels were a big deal. You, you didn't have camels. Uh, many people didn't have camels. Um, you had to be very wealthy to have a camel, but he had camels, plural, and, and donkeys. But what I want you to see here is our breaking is part of the making. And God was at work in Jacob's life. And, uh, ultimately, God led Jacob through all that, not because God was, was into, you know, hurting his, 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 his servant, but God was looking at the comeback that he was going to have. But, but to have a comeback, you have to also have a setback. So, you know, let God play the boards for you. Let God, you know, uh, get that rebound. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I shall repay. Let God fight your battle. You just submit to the process. And what I've learned over, uh, you know, the last 30 years of walking with the Lord, is, you know, how many times, Lord, you ought to do this. I would have done that. I would have messed it up if God would have done it my way. God knows what he's doing. So just go through the process till you get to the other side and God will show himself strong in the end. And ultimately, again, it's not to, to hurt you or to harm you. Uh, his process is always to bless you and to make you better and stronger at the end. Right now, if if you listen to this message and you know, uh, you need a savior. You, you need, uh, uh, you know, Jacob, he heard from God and God spoke to him in the middle of, of, of what felt like captivity to Jacob. And God gave him a plan. And if you need God to speak to your heart, It begins with a relationship with Him. It begins with coming to Him just as you are and and allowing Him to embrace you, to forgive you and to pardon you and to make you a new creation in Christ like we talked about last week. So the first step of your comeback is you kneeling and submitting to the process of God and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and you're saved. You say, Lord God, come into my heart. Father, I am a sinner. I need to be saved. I need to be changed. God, I know I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it, but I know I even have to go through process. But Lord, I'm willing to go through whatever it takes to get to the place of ultimate blessing and prosperity that you promise to, to those who love you. Father, we, we, we honor you for all the hearts and minds that you've just touched. May what I just preached answer some questions. And may we start to look for the lessons, not just for the way out.
2: This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at GraceChurchVA or on our website at GraceChurchVA.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.
1: Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting. Crime is rising. And Despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, Admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they cause. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the statement of change. Go to org. That's let's org. and we can make a difference together